Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Well, Jonathan, it's uh, it's no secret that our social media companies have been part of their algorithms promoting disinformation. And um, I think that these steps are important, but frankly, a little too little and a little too late. Uh, the reality is it's not just Marjorie Taylor Greene. All over Twitter, social media, Facebook, uh, all of these companies have been using algorithms that are just about clickbait, not about truth. And so if we are uh, going to take on the disinformation that's out there, the big lie and everything else that goes with it, then, yes, this is a part of it. But it's got to be much, much more. That is Representative Pramila Jayapal. She's out of Washington State. And Representative Jayapal not only is okay with Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia being banned from Twitter, she's encouraging it. She is encouraging big tech to drop people who disagree with her. She utilizes one of the most despicable phrases out there, the big lie, something we would associate with the Holocaust, and she utilizes that because they put it to reference January 6th and the idea that the election was stolen, the big lie. It's disgusting. But I expect nothing less from Pramila Jayapal, who I consider extremely low class. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. How else would I describe someone who believes in censoring others? And we've spoken a lot today about people being censored. Marjorie Taylor Greene being thrown off Twitter. You've got Dr. Robert Malone in that uh, interview he did with Joe Rogan on his podcast talking about being thrown off of Twitter. This is a guy who was part of the creation of mRNA technology. That's what brings us the vaccine from Pfizer and from Moderna. He can't have a say on the conversation regarding vaccines and how America is acting and reacting in the irrational ways in which we're doing things. That's obscene. That is certainly un-American. But that is very much part and parcel for today's Democratic Party. Now, we should be clear about a couple of things. The Democratic Party's entire point of view, their entire methodology, is as follows. Don't have a policy, just attack. Let me give you an example. When the new year came in, Kevin McCarthy put out a tweet. 9.30 in the morning on January 1st, the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader, put out a tweet. It said, Happy New Year. And it showed a picture of Nancy Pelosi, a bit of a scowl on her face. And it reads, Lame Duck Speaker. Because clearly the Democrats are in a very, very bad spot for 2022. They are going to lose, at least at this stage of the game, in the midterms. We've got a lot of time between now and November. But we are full on into it. And Democrats know they're in a bad spot. As a matter of fact, you're seeing a tremendous amount of retirements. Democrats are leaving the House and leaving uh, politics like it's their job. We saw Republicans doing the same. As a matter of fact, Devin Nunez from California, he just resigned from the House of Representatives today. 
he's going to take over as the CEO of Trump's tech company. I think that's all about going after Adam Schiff. And they're going to go after Adam Schiff hard. <laughs> it's, it's going to be a good time had by all. But Democrats are retiring left and right. The polling looks dreadful for them because they have no vision. They have no forward look for the nation. What do they favor? Censorship. Like Pramila Jayapal just said, they favor censorship. What else do they favor? An absolute level of nonsensical fear-mongering. This is Representative Hakeem Jeffries. Now, Hakeem Jeffries, out of New York, Democrat, he heads up the House Democrat Conference. He is the guy in the Democratic Party who leads messaging for House Democrats. He's in leadership. He, if the Democrats won, he could be in line to be Speaker of the House. And he puts out a tweet. This is from one of the leaders in the House for the Democrats, Hakeem Jeffries. The Constitution, he writes on Twitter, does not require the Speaker of the House to serve in Congress. Now, that's absolutely true. The Speaker does not have to be a member. It says that the House will elect a Speaker. It doesn't say that the Speaker has to serve in Congress. Producer Ari could be Speaker of the House. I reject. Well, you're a fool then. I don't want to be involved with Congress. Those dudes are knuckleheads. Yeah, but if you were Speaker, you could set the agenda. I don't care enough. Think of the power. Really? Ah, they give me the gig, I'm taking it. I'm taking it without question. The Constitution writes Hakeem Jeffries does not require the Speaker of the House to serve in Congress. That's why the radical right will try to install Donald Trump. Another reason we can't allow the cult to win the majority next year. This is the guy who leads messaging for the Democrats. And their message is, if you vote for the, if you let the Republicans win, Donald Trump and a cult will be in charge. That's sad, man. That is sad. This is the best that you've got? This is the best you can do? Don't vote for Republicans, otherwise Trump? Trump is there. Good Lord, what a boogeyman. You know that America doesn't think about Trump at all, right? America's not thinking about Trump. America is thinking about their own life. And this is why it's so important for Republicans to get it straight. Focus on the needs of the citizenry. Don't get distracted by Trump nonsense. Don't get distracted by supporting Trump. Don't get distracted by whether or not you have been endorsed by him. Focus on the needs of your citizens because that's what they care about. I don't think you have to be rude to Trump, but you got to focus on the thing that is important. No one's thinking about Trump. And no one is thinking about January 6th. January 6th, of course, was when you had the riot at the Capitol, which liars call an insurrection. And it wasn't an insurrection. That's a lie. 
it was a riot. It should have been put down. It never should have happened. I don't know why people were invited into the Capitol. Some people need to be prosecuted. I don't think Ashley Babbitt should have been shot, but she shouldn't have been allowed to get into the Capitol in the first place. And I have a lot of questions. Not an insurrection. So we're clear. What does the New York Times write in their opinion pages? Our political life seems more or less normal these days. But peel back a layer and things are far from normal. January 6th is not in the past. It is every day. Oh. You know where I'm going. January 6th is every day. No one is thinking about January 6th. Just like no one is thinking about Donald Trump, they've moved on. If you were to ask people and they were to engage honestly, they would tell you they're not angry at Trump. They just don't want to talk about him anymore. They don't, they don't want him to run. They sure as heck want him to campaign. They want to win. They want to be able to lower taxes. They want to be able to have a safer society. They want to give up this nonsense of forced masks and forced vaccinations and let people live their lives without fear. And the fear that the progressives are absolutely focused on day in and day out. How do I know this? Well, if we don't wear masks, kids are going to be, oh my gosh, we're going to be getting them sick. That's why we have to force vaccinations on them. Well, if you vote for Republicans, Trump's going to be in charge. Every day is January 6th. We haven't gotten over the pain of January 6th yet. What do you mean you haven't gotten over the pain of January 6th yet? Who in the world has said they haven't gotten over the pain of January 6th? What are you talking about? still processing what it meant to the country and to our lives. So, Hunter, is there a disconnect between the people who were there that day in D.C. and the people who were not? You know, someone like me only watched it on TV. Will I ever really get it? You know, I think this was a really unique incident, in part because of when it happened during the pandemic. This was a pre-vaccination moment, and a lot of the D.C. press corps was, you know, working from home, working remotely. And unless they were the Capitol Hill press corps, like I believe Grace was, or someone like myself who went out to cover the protests, they didn't see this firsthand. And while, you know, we were there on scene... um, Due to the crowds, due to the law enforcement response, cell signals were jammed. So there was a bit of a delay also in that footage getting out. That's a great point. And I think that distance, coupled with the fact that we see active attempts to deny the reality of what occurred, have sort of prevented people from realizing what happened that day. And what I've found, you know, I know this for myself, but in talking, you know, there's a bit of an informal network of reporters um, who've been through it that day and are still coping with that, who are leaning on each other and talking to each other. Um, I also talked to members of Congress, their staffs and law enforcement, members of the Capitol Police. Um, and we're all still dealing with that and feeling like we need to convey to others how serious it was. I mean, you're still dealing with January 6th. Why? Am I am I really to believe you? I mean, I want you to get the help you desperately, desperately need. I would say this to anybody. I don't joke about uh, mental illness ever. I don't joke about what happens in the mind. Having been there myself, I don't joke at all. But you're still recovering from January 6th? No, you're not. No one believes you. I shouldn't say no one. The vast majority of the country doesn't believe you. What are you talking about? 
you really want us to believe that January 6th is something that we still have to be talking about? This is where you think you're going to gain victory? You bring up January 6th, you think it's going to work for you in the midterms? According to Morning Consult and Politico, uh, the Republican Party has absolutely recovered from January 6th, and more voters see the Republicans headed in the right direction. And the Democrats' party image has declined greatly. Your focus on January 6th, Parents are focused on schools not being open. They're focused on their kids forced into masks. They're focused on the price of meat and milk. You're focused on January 6th, and you want to tell us what? You're still recovering? You children, get out of the way. We got no time for your crazy. This is not a winning strategy, guys. And it's all the Democrats have. Favor censorship on Twitter. Utilize Donald Trump as the boogeyman. Tell America January 6th is worse than anything happening to their own children. What happened to reporters on January 6th is worse than what has happened to your own child. With masks and school closures, it doesn't matter that obesity is up with children or that suicide rates are up with children. No, no, no. What they suffered on January 6th, that's really the problem. Okay. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, Democrats, I want you to double down on that. I want you to go with that because that's a winner. That's a winner. Just, Just not for you. I'm Tony Katz. So these flight delays, we got more than 2,500. Right now, it's gone up a little bit since we last discussed it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. It's just going to be the next couple of days because of weather. It's just going to be a rough and tumble scene. I'm sorry if you're traveling. I really, I really am. It's just, it's just going to stink. What really stinks is the increase in food prices. Now, you just heard me have a whole conversation about where the political left is. The political left is in still utilizing Trump as the boogeyman. Not understanding that Trump fatigue also exists on the left. Uh, uh, it, it is uh, them uh, trying to, to, to get you to believe that January 6th is still the top story in America when, when it's not. This is, this is where they are in trying to win the midterms. Where are we? We know that the cost of meat and milk is ridiculous. As News Nation now is reporting, food retailers and distributors are saying they're going to start increasing food prices now. They're not waiting. That's happening now, and it could be as much as 20%. So inflation, uh, year over year, 6.8% higher, which is the fastest annual increase in the inflation rate since June of 1982. That's pretty pretty high right there. That's, 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 That's pretty high, kids. These prices going up are real. The prices going up 
That's what affects your family. This is what the Democrats have decided. Let's ignore. It's an easy... Look, I'm not here to give uh, people who I think have bad policy advice, but just discussing it as an as an outsider, you and me on the bar stool, that's an insane approach. That is an insane approach to say what is affecting your life and the life of your family is meaningless. What we tell you is that's the real story. It's the craziest thing I ever heard of ever. Also, uh, kind of interesting being reported, the IRS deadline is still going to be April 15th. I guess there was a conversation about whether or not there would be some kind of delay, uh, again, because of, of COVID and kind of kind of giving people a little more time. And the answer is... Guess not. Guess there'll be no delay because of COVID, this, that, and the other. I think it's going to be really interesting to see for people who have taken uh, that child tax credit. It wasn't a tax credit. It was just getting the check instead of taking the credit. Now you're going to have people realize, wait a second. I don't have a credit. You mean that money wasn't extra money? No, no, no. It was getting the money early. Wait till they find. There are people out there who's like, no, 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 I'm not going to take this now. We're going to please stop and and I'll take the credit later. A lot of people are in for a a, uh, pretty, um, pretty rude awakening when they do their taxes. It's going to be, it's going to be rough. But no changes from the IRS. Big changes in food prices. Seriously, guys, be ready. Be ready and make sure you've taken a long look at budgets and where you are, where you need to be, and how you're going to make some changes. Because you might have to. I haven't even gotten into the rise in gas prices. What they're forecasting? It's, um... It's certainly not good news if you're trying to win a midterm. I will have that story coming up. And Antonio Brown, was it all just a gimmick? Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. John Madden, Betty White, Harry Reid. That's a That's two people I'm going to miss very much. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Oh, too soon? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't don't ask me to talk about Harry Reid. I won't do it. John Madden. That's my youth. That is football. Football without John Madden in the booth is just it's nonsense. That's how good That's how important, how different, how special John Madden was. I don't care who you are. You love it. You love it. You wanted it. It was fantastic. No one comes close right now. No one. Joe Buck? (laughs) Now, I'm 
not one of the people who hates Joe Buck the way others do. Producer Ari, you hate Joe Buck. I I just I hate him because he is what he is. He's just well, most, he's just a basket full of cliches. Who would you rather listen to, Joe Buck or Nickelback? Uh, I would like to listen to my ears get cut off. I also would rather listen to Nickelback. I am not anti. I am pro Nickelback. I don't understand the anti Nickelback people at all. That's another one. That's just total nonsense. But who's good now? Like, if you're talking about who in the booth is good, Tony Romo, right? Chris Collinsworth is good. Oh, man, there's a love-hate. There's a love-hate with Chris Collinsworth. Um, So, all right, Romo, Collinsworth, who else? Al Michaels. Yeah, but he doesn't count. Oh, okay. I (laughs) I mean, the guy who brought us Do You Believe in Miracles, he gets a pass on everything. Al Michaels has solidified himself, for sure. But who else? Like, who else is in the booth where you're like, oh, like, do you like Troy Aikman? Uh, I'm neutral to Troy Aikman. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind really him. Care. Like, it's not like I turn on a game and I'm like, who's calling this one? Like, I don't care. I ended up catching a piece of the Cowboys-Cardinals game. And uh, there is this receiver for the Cardinals. Ward is his last name? And he makes this catch, right? So I forget who was playing D, uh, who was, who was uh, covering him. Never turns around for the ball. It's clear pass interference. Ward catches the ball with this guy in front of him, pass interference, catches the ball one hand and holds it against the defender to make it a catch and then brings it into his body. It's an it's unbelievable catch. It took Aikman and Buck Literally five minutes to figure out it was a catch. It's like they didn't care. The catch was amazing. Amazing. David Tyree on the helmet, amazing, although the Tyree catch is is more important. Incredible. Incredible stuff. And both of them just just blew the call, man. Like, Like they didn't even understand how interesting and how worthwhile it was. But none of these people can can relate or are as relatable and important as Madden was. None of them. Chris Berman for a little bit was... Uh... Ber- well, Berman was different. Berman wasn't in the booth. Berman, Berman was SportsCenter. Berman made SportsCenter a thing. Back, 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 gone. I mean, that's rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Chris Berman, by the way, where is he these days? Is he all right? Physically all right? Is he dead? He's not dead. I think he's just retired, man. Really? Yeah, he's okay. He's been at it for a while. I think he deserved oh, it. Chris Berman, special. Chris Berman, absolutely positively special. No doubt about it. John Madden, one of the greats. Betty White, one of the greats. Passes away, was it 17 days, 18 days before her 100th birthday? Just, just brutal. But spectacular and loved. And uh, it's somebody had written about the fact, and this is true, the third act of her career, like the, so the first act, and she had, a, she had a good career before Mary Tyler Moore, but the first act of her career is Mary Tyler Moore. That show made her famous and a household name. And then she comes back with Golden Girls. And Golden Girls still works, by the way. Golden Girls is a good show. And then what happens 
is the Snickers commercial. We forget. How did Betty White come back to us? She did this commercial for Snickers where it's a bunch of guys playing football and she's playing uh, football. You know, friends playing playing football. And the friends are like, what's going on with you, Tommy, or whatever the name is. You're acting so slow, and it's so it's Betty White, right? You're playing like an old woman. Your mom's an old woman, and it's Betty White, you know, snarking back and everything else. And she's awesome. Abe Vigoda was in that commercial as well. That commercial is fantastic. And that commercial rebuilt her career for Act 3. And it's from there that people started saying Betty White should host Saturday Night Live. And they started a petition on Facebook to say Betty White should host Saturday Night Live. And then the next thing you know, Betty White's hosting Saturday Night Live. And one of the, if you never saw her... Her opening monologue, uh, she said, you know, I really do need to thank uh, Facebook. She goes, I I didn't even know what Facebook was, but now that I know what it is, it seems like an awful waste of time. It was a terrific, terrific monologue. As the story goes, she is the only person, uh, host ever, who got a standing ovation at the after party. Like, it was just, it was a scene for Betty White to be there. And then after that, Movies still came her way. Uh, she did the show Hot in Cleveland, where she, which was, by the way, a, a pretty well-written show. It, it, was, it was pretty solid. And she, she was funny in it. And that just, who has three acts? And who has a third act at the age of 88? It's insane. Betty White. Betty, Betty White. So, uh... I, 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 could, I couldn't let the time go by without, without a mention or a reminder uh, of those two. Yeah, Harry Reid, I'll, I'll, I'll skip. This brings us to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By the way, Darren on Twitter says Berman is still hosting NFL primetime on ESPN. I'll, I'll take your word for it, man. I'll take your word for it. I don't have cable, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Antonio Brown was, of course, Pittsburgh Steelers. And then it all just went to pot, and he bounced around, and then he was with New England for a little while, and now he's uh, there in, uh, in Tampa Bay. And yesterday, the Buccaneers are playing the Jets. Next thing you know, uh, he is taking off his jersey, taking off his undershirt, and throwing it into the to stands, waving to everybody, and he walks right off the field. He's no longer a Buccaneer. He's off the team. It's done, and it's over. It's a very weird scene that happened. First things first, I don't know if you saw it happen, producer, Ari, him taking off the jersey and taking off his shirt and throwing it into the stands. I did. Okay. Antonio Brown is a fatty. Kidding me? That dude's more cut than a julienne salad. Is that what you're going with? Julienne salad? Yeah, dude is shredded, man. It's nuts. 0% body fat. And that's why I'm calling him a fatty. That's first and foremost. Secondly, when this happened, you're like, okay, this guy's mentally unwell. It is very clear. It is very obvious that he is not well. He's got uh, uh, problems. Um, 
le- left and left and right. There is something mentally wrong with him. Then you start hearing about an ankle injury, like he like there was some kind of of injury, and and Coach uh, Arians told him, uh, you know, to get into the game and. Uh, He's like, I'm not going back in the game. I'm injured. And so Arians is like, well, then get off the field. And he's like, okay. So maybe that happened. Either way, it's no way to act during a game. He was eight catches away from collecting a $333,000 bonus. He was 50 yards away from collecting a $333,000 bonus. He was a touchdown away from collecting a $333,000 bonus, meaning he was eight catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown away from collecting a million dollars. And he walked right off the field. Then it came to be known, hours after leaving the field the way he did, uh, he uh, dropped his rap album. Yeah, yeah, it turns out he's he's now going to 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 rap. Pit not the palace. I don't know, have you heard this, Ari? I didn't even know he released a rap album and now I he, really want to listen to it. It's Pit Not the Palace is 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 what it's called. It's his first music project since he dropped Himothy back in 2020. So the question is, did he do all of this? So he could build up a lot of attention so he could, you know, get people to buy his rap album. I mean, he could have scored a touchdown, taken off his shirt and had the rap album name under it. And that would have been probably as equally as effective. But people were watching this happen and saying, he's he's not mentally stable. He needs help. He needs a friend. Everybody's, you know. Being, you know, very, very touchy-feely, if you will. They don't want to get too rough. Oh, it's it's the mental illness. Oh, we got to be careful. Oh, we can't say this. If he did it just to sell some some downloads, I mean, that's messed up. He's always been a weird guy, though. Yeah, but he's he's done in the NFL. Yeah, that's for sure. He's done. I mean, there are very few times in the NFL where you can say you're done. The NFL seems to accept anything. You can abuse your children or your wife and you can get back to the NFL. This stripping down and walking off the field, I don't think the NFL takes it. I don't think anybody else will will go anywhere near it. Cause he's shown exactly what he thinks of you. Like, you know, you you only matter to him if uh he can utilize you. He doesn't actually have any respect for you. He doesn't have any respect for 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 the team. No, 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 no. He's he's done and finished. But if he did it to sell albums or downloads, I don't even know what would you call it. Say, uh, what would you call it? You wouldn't call it an album. Would you call it a download? Yeah, just download a single, right? If he did it to sell singles, man, there'll be no forgiveness. There will be no forgiveness, and there should be anger. It's okay to be angry at some of these people for this kind of nonsense. Antonio Brown's going to take all the hits, and rightfully so. 
Meanwhile, the Buccaneers win, beating the Jets last minute. And I still can't figure out how Tom Brady's that good. I can't figure it out. He's not. Yet here we are, producer Ari. He's surrounded by very, he's, you know, he's got four uh, Hall of Fame receivers he's throwing to. Why, I know, a top-ranked defense. You throw me behind there, we'd probably go 8-8 eight and eight with the Buccaneers. He did the same thing with the with the Patriots. Oh, you mean with the greatest head coach of all time who has currently a rookie quarterback and won 11 games? Weird. Dude, you're just so angry. There's nothing that Tom Brady can do with a football that not, that Kirk Cousins can't do. He is a perfectly generic quarterback who is very lucky and very by the by the book. Okay. I just don't understand why more people can't beat him. I Again, if you had a top-ranked defense and four Hall of Fame receivers, I would be pretty tough to beat, too. All right. Is producer Ari right or wrong? Let me know on Twitter at Tony Katz. More coming up. Keep it here. Yeah, I mean, I guess I should have been at the beach in Delaware, right? And then they would have been really happy with that. Um, You know, it was, I mean, you look, we actually put out the schedule, and I think these people didn't know that. They think because you're not doing a big press conference, you're not doing. So, you know, uh, Friday we were, uh, Kevin, Joe, and I all had discussions about, you know, doing what we're doing. Of course, I was at the, uh, down in Miami later, Thursday in the office working on this and some other stuff. Um, And it's true, Wednesday, there was nothing on the calendar. And so I think they're like, oh, my God, he's on vacation. And I'm like, you know, and I just looked at my wife. I'm like, you know, going to the hospital uh, with you uh, is not a vacation for you. I know that. And it's not a vacation. I mean, this is something that as a husband, I think that I I should be doing. Uh, I've accompanied her to all her chemotherapy treatments. And she's there for a long time. I mean, you know, I'm there most of the time. But it's a it's a draining thing when she's done with it. You know, it's it's not it's it's not something that, that that's great to see. Um, and so I just think a lot of people, particularly people that have gone through breast cancer treatments, the notion that that would be considered a vacation, I think, is offensive to a lot of those folks. And they he's right about that. But they didn't care. They saw that Governor DeSantis hadn't done anything public in two weeks. Oh, where is he? Oh, he's on vacation. Why isn't he working for the people? He was accompanying his wife to cancer treatments. So, I guess that answers that. Now, one of the great things that took place over New Year's was hearing Andy Cohen on CNN, who does the whole New Year's thing with Anderson Cooper, just obliterating Mayor Bill de Blasio, now former Mayor Bill de Blasio, and Anderson Cooper trying to get him to stop. Advance. Let me tell you something. Oh, please. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a victory lap dance. Don't, don't, don't. After four years <laughs> of the, the crappiest year as the mayor of New York, the That's only thing the that year. Democrats and Republicans can That's agree how, on I mean, is what how, a horrible mayor he has he, been. Wow. So sayonara, sucker. Wow. 2022. I mean, it's a new year. Because guess what? I have a feeling of which, I'm going to be standing right here which. next year. And you know who I'm not going to be looking at? Dancing as the city comes aboard you. Look. 
I mean, that's just special. That is just drunk and special right there. Eric Adams is now the mayor of, of New York. We'll see whether or not the tough on crime Democrat is actually tough on crime or just a Democrat. We're going to see. We're going to find out for sure. Meanwhile, the FDA approving vaccine boosters for kids. And there is some weird coercion going on of parents to try and get their kids vaccinated. It's obscene stuff. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter, Instagram, Getter, Tony Katz. Find me in all the spots, everything at TonyKatz.com. More coming up. Keep it right here. This is Tony Katz today.